Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Travel Safely is presented by Applied Information, creator of the Travel Safely smartphone app. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. I'm Mike Salmon and on today's program we're actually going to turn the tables, if you will, on Brian. Brian is typically the host of the show, but today, instead of being the interviewer, he's gonna be the interviewee. So I'm joined by Brian Mulligan. He's the president and founder of Applied Information. Also joining us on the show is Peter Ashley. And Peter, you are vice president of? Business development. Business development. So, as you can see, we are here in this amazing place, the IATL in Alpharetta, Georgia. Before we get into this uh, awesome place, I want to talk in, in, in eloquently about applied information and all the great things you do. And I had this script here and I was going to tell you that applied information is a locally owned and operated company that leverages in-house industry experts to apply new wireless, Internet of Things, cloud computing, connected vehicle technologies, blah, 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 all this cool stuff. Brian, I just thought I'd make it easy. Tell us what you guys do at Applied Information. Uh, hey, Mike. Uh, thanks. Thanks for doing the show with us. Um, well, yes, we've got all the, the background technologies, but really all of that doesn't matter. What matters is what do you do for the people, for the citizens, or, and, and the, to make a better environment uh, for all of us to live, work, and play in. And what we do is we do four things. We save lives, improve the traffic, drive commerce, and help the environment. So that's the, the promise of technology. You've all seen how smartphones have changed your life, whether it be communicating with your kids, whether it be um, looking stuff up on the internet, whether it be uh, taking photographs or whatever. And so that's an example of how the internet of things has changed our lives, actually for the better. It makes businesses much more efficient and so forth. Some people might say otherwise. So these are all the techniques that we use to make the traffic systems better. And what you see behind you is a whole bunch of traffic equipment uh, that uh, we use to deliver the promise of what's called connected vehicles. And that's uh, how um, you know, technology is revolutionizing transportation. Uh, where we'll expect and require of our cities and counties and states that uh, we, we have fewer fatalities, fewer injuries, and better traffic in the decade ahead. Now, you gentlemen opened this IATL several months ago, and, and myself and our team, we've had a chance to take a tour and see it. It's an amazing place, and I know you guys give tours all the time. Peter, explain some of the stuff that we see behind us. A lot of this is stuff that we might see on, on street corners across the country. Well, across the world, actually. Yeah, so very interesting. I mean, we opened up this lab so that the auto manufacturers had a place to come in and test everything. Now, in the lab behind us, we've got traffic signal controllers from every single manufacturer in the whole of the United States. That's every single city covering everything up to controllers that were 20 years old. And we have school zones and we have um, connected vehicle technology. And the whole idea behind this is to help educate agencies, cities, DOTs, consultants, and the uh, auto manufacturers. And you know, obviously the idea was to bring all of them here directly. Now obviously we're gonna do everything virtually because, well, you know, uh, COVID hit and uh, now there's no way to meet in person very easily. So we've been using the studio over here 
to bring all these people in and it's been fantastic so far. It, and, it has and, been. And in fact, just to say for people who might not know, the IATL stands for the Infrastructure Automotive Technology Laboratory. So that's what the IATL stands for, even though it's a little play on ATL. As I say, you're in Atlanta, the ATL, it, it, it works on so many levels. Infrastructure, that's us, the automotive, the cars, the, and so forth, technology laboratory. And so this is where you can come in and test it all and make sure it's all working before you get out and what we say, go and play in the traffic. You've had the show, Brian, travel safely for now a couple of years on Business Radio X and I've learned a lot by being a part of it and I know it's important to you to merge the technology with like-minded citizens to try to save lives and make it a better world and you, you've used some numbers over the years as far as the number of people that die on, on the highways every year it's amazing and, and you're trying to do something about it. Talk, let, let's unpack the numbers a little bit as far as the safety out there. Yeah in other words one of the things that 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 I do is when I talk about these numbers, uh, it, it makes you a little bit numb because uh, between 35,000 and 40,000 people die on the roads each year. It's the leading cause of death of young people. And uh, we're just used to it as parents that we put our kids in, in vehicles and say, off you go, son, and uh, you know, don't do anything stupid. But, but a fair number of uh, 16 to 24 year olds do something stupid uh, and that just comes with the age and so so we've got all these these fatalities millions of people are injured and we're just saying that's not okay it's time to actually do something about it as as a society as a technology provider as we can actually deliver a better world I mean we can put uh, vehicles on Mars that don't run into rocks in front of them. Well, we have the technology <laughs> to do that. Well, let, let's do that right, right here on Earth. And so, uh, obviously, you know, everybody's used to the way things work and, and there's, you know, what's the role of government, what's the role of private sector and so forth. And we, we don't take a strong position on that. Um, that. That's the great American way is to have a certain amount of lively debate about these things. But technology can make a substantial difference and that's what we're uh, as a technology company are focused on is delivering those solutions and then this is the place where everybody can come and see them and, and, and very fortunately we've got a lot of cities who've said yeah we, we, we see that so uh, we've got over 18,000 devices now in over 750 cities. Wow. So we're not short of people who are actually coming along with us and saying yeah we see this vision we're not going to buy little things anymore. What we're going to buy is buy solutions where we can actually measure how much better this is uh, uh, making things and how much safer it is making things. So we're seeing some, some tangible results from all of that. So let's get into the weeds a little bit. Let's talk about some of the safety things that you are doing with the technology that's already out there. A lot of it, again, is already displayed behind us. Specifically, and, and you've taken me around in your smart car, so you've shown me the things that it does in school zones, at intersections. Let's get specific into details. What are some of the things that this technology is doing when you get to, say, an intersection? What is, what is my car telling me? Well, uh, you know, I mean, th there are a couple of different applications that, we, that we're showcasing. Um, let's first start with emergency vehicles. So a great statistic. The city of Marietta implemented an emergency vehicle preemption system, in other words, giving them green lights. Mm -hmm. Since they've implemented it, they have had zero accidents in traffic signals for four years. Wow. So immediate life-saving technology, straight away. 
What we're also doing is we have a, an application called Travel Safely, and that's providing alerts if someone's going to run a red light. If you're going to have a collision with a cyclist, um, school buses ahead. So there's a lot of different safety aspects that we're building into it to add layers of safety. So you still got to drive your car, but it's now showcasing that there's a potential that you could have a collision with a cyclist ahead. Now, only about 25% of people see a cyclist. They just don't see it. When you get an audible alert, that raises by twice the, twice the amount. So mm. two times more likely to see a cyclist ahead. So the whole idea is this is life-saving technology that can be implemented today within a city. And the I, interesting find, I find thing it amazing. Yeah, the interesting thing about safety is this, that uh, traditionally, the public don't buy safety. That's been a, a something that's uh, quite well demonstrated over the years. And, and so, for example, where seatbelts were introduced in motor cars, there was, uh, you know, the, the, the automakers would have a safety package with seatbelts you know, for you to buy as an extra, and nobody bought them. And airbags were a similar story. So it's now well demonstrated that that is a role for regulation, that we as a society say, okay, well, we're actually going to accept that there's a cost of putting seatbelts and requiring seatbelts in every car. And so we're at that point with connectivity and connected vehicles when everything connected to everything, it changes everything. And so now this is an opportunity for the various government entities, local, uh, regional, uh, state, and national to come and see all this technology working so we can have a healthy discussion about what the role of regulation is in, about safety. And then we've got the other things about efficiency and, uh, and making the traffic better and so forth. And, that, uh, uh, and so together that makes the fabric of what technology is doing to deliver a better world. And I think nobody would even get in a car today without seatbelts or the airbags. I mean, it's just, it's just it's ingrained in us now. What about your technology? Do you see the day where it's just going to be part? I know you're talking with the automobile, uh, automobile manufacturers already. Do we, is there going to be that day coming soon, Brian, where we, it's, it's just going to be included in the car? And the answer is yes, and hell yes. And the reason being is that cars work so much better when they're connected to the environment around them. So, so uh, the guy from Ford, as, as Jovan from Ford said, uh, up until now, the cars have only been connected to the infrastructure through the connection between the asphalt and the rubber. That's the only connection between your car and the road. And the world works completely differently when you're communicating with the intersection ahead, with the school bus ahead, with the, um, with the fire truck ahead, and, and so forth. And uh, that added together with the, um, the advances in, in, in artificial intelligence. And so, for example, when you drive my car around, it reads the traffic lights, and so it'll never run a traffic light, never run a red light. So now the question is, should that technology be compulsory Right. In cars. And that's all just in the next year, two or three ahead. This is not long-term uh, stuff. We're, uh, we're connecting um, or, you know, all the intersections or all the speed limit signs, all the wrong way onto the freeway, all up to the cars. The cars have all got, got cell phones and connectivity in them. And there are a number of states who are looking at uh, you know, big data exchange services to get all that information into the car, so the car knows what the infrastructure is about, not only through the driver, but electronically. And those layers of safety, the driver, the communications, and then the artificial intelligence with videos and so forth, 
those three layers make a fundamentally safer uh, transportation experience. So we have these smart cars, if you will, that have the technology available in them. You can put the technology in them so you can be, you know, you know when there's a stoplight about to turn red, you know when it's about to turn green, you can see the bikes, the guys on the bikes that you might not normally see. So you got all that there and you're talking with the manufacturers. But here's where you earn your pay. You're also talking to all the government officials and the city officials and the county officials because they're the ones that control the intersections and the traffic lights and everything. So, so you, you've got to bring everybody together. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, because now we're talking about pace of change. And uh, we all think that things are changing fast now. But Mike, you've got to realize that the pace of change now is the slowest it's going to be for the rest of your life. It's only going to get faster. Only going to get faster. So, <laughs> oh so how do we bring uh, the, 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 the states, the counties, uh, and so forth all together? And then also, what, we do, what do we do just on the private sector on our own. So yes, we talked about um, traffic intersection, but what about stop signs? So let's say the car, you know, you know, you should always stop for a stop sign. There are 350,000 traffic intersections in the United States, fine, but there's six million four-way stop signs. A number of accidents are caused by people running stop signs. So what happens if your phone always alerts you, bop, bop, stop sign, if it thinks you're going to run a stop sign. Because it's those stop signs that you just don't see. The stop know? signs you don't see, somebody's going over them, mm -hmm. they're knocked down, or you just didn't see it. The point of the story is, should we wait for the government to implement that, or should the private sector just go ahead and implement it by ourselves? And that's, that's just an interesting... I think we all know the answer to that. If we <laughs> wait on the government, it won't happen fast. And you would think people would be lining up, the, these agencies, to, to be a part of this technology, but unfortunately, it's, it's still a mindset, I guess. There's still a well, lot of work to, there. To be fair to our government partners mm -hmm. and our government friends, they're all being expected to do more and more with less and less. So it's not easy being a government transportation official and just dealing with the public and dealing with the pace of change, whether it be developmental pace of change, whether it be technology pace of change, whether it be pressure from this and pressure from that. And by the way, you know, especially after COVID and, and stuff like that, and I'm going to cut your budget by 15% next year. Very difficult for our private sector partners to actually embrace the change at the, at, at the pace that's being expected of them. And so, so that where, you know, you know, we're working with a number of them on different forms of contract where the private sector will you know, take over more of the burden of making for a safe surface transportation environment. But there are, there are a number of um, states and cities and, and government agencies that are on the forefront of mm -hmm. this technology. So, you know, it, it, it varies from city to city, from state to state on who's actually you know right at the you know the the burning edge of the technology and who's sort of following so there are a lot of innovative states as well so you know and we look forward to working with more of them all right here here's the funny thing is i've never considered myself a tech geek but three years ago when when brian mulligan came on our radio show on business radio x and talked about talked about applied information i was like this is so cool and we've become friends ever since then we've talked about the technology and what it's doing now looking ahead to the future now what are some of the things that you're working on what are some of the products that you might be rolling out oh there's a whole range um 
and, and it goes to the, the whole issue. We, we're innovative, we're a technology company, and so uh, there's the past, the present, and the future. And uh, in the future, you're gonna look at things like more and more use being made of existing uh, connections to, to infrastructure and existing connections to uh, the motor cars. Uh, the business of one day will, will, will change the world, we're sort of not really waiting for that. What we're doing is changing the world one traffic intersection at a time. Uh -huh. And so that as we roll uh, the technology forward, because all our products have over there software updates, we're continually delivering new applications. And I'll, maybe I'll just give you a specific example, because this is something we're testing at the IATL right now. And it's to do with the issue of cyclists. Okay. So everybody knows, hey, yeah, well, cyclists, cycling club, whatever that, you know, what, what could be so difficult about cycling? Well, in the first instance, a lot of them get hurt and injured uh, when they're riding because people don't see them. The second one is that when you, you know, ride your bicycle up to the light, you stop with the red light, and then the light doesn't change. And the reason being is that it's got a magnetic loop in the road that detects the car. Fine, but it doesn't detect your carbon fiber framed bicycle. Mm -hmm. So now the cyclist has to go through on the red. So anyway, so what we're doing now is because the cyclists all carry a phone in their pocket, we know where everybody is. And so what we do is we're not only commuting information to the cyclist, we're taking the information on the cyclist, communicating that to the traffic intersection. And what that does is when you drive up with your carbon frame bicycle, it puts a call in because it recognizes that you're there and eventually the, the light will change. But what happens when three cyclists arrive? Well, what we want to do is give them priority at the light and turn the light green, provided we don't mess up the traffic. But what happens when the cycling club arrives on a Saturday morning and there are 10 cyclists in a peloton? Use a cycling term there, a peloton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm impressed. has so, so been watching the Tour de France. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happens then is we bring all the traffic safely to a halt and the peloton of the cycling club just flies through on the green. So the mayor stands up and he says, Guys, we just delivered this amazing technology, which has made cycling safer and given respect to the cycling club in our community by giving them this life-saving technology. And the interesting thing about it, for companies, for, for, sorry, for cities that already use our technology, the cost is zero. It's just delivering new applications on top of the platforms that they've already bought. So there's something that's going on, a practical example and about making things better right now. And how do you improve traffic? Get more people out of their cars, into walking, cycling, mm -hmm. onto the buses. If you make the bicycles easier to use, more people are gonna cycle to bus stops, use buses because it's gonna be quicker. So there's all those kind of secondary benefits as well by getting more people onto their bicycles. And we're seeing a change where it used to be everybody was moving out into the suburbs and now we're starting to see city centers come back where walking and, and, and taking a bicycle actually it can be make sense now. Or even a scooter. Yeah. So, you know, how are we going to do transportation planning for scooters? Well, it's impossible because nobody knew that scooters were coming and then one day, a year ago, a million scooters fell out of the sky and went all over the city. And so now what we're doing is say, oh yes, but let's now talk about you know, separate lanes for scooters. Let's give them a three second head start to get across before the cars turn right into them. This is all making cities more livable to be able to live, work and play.
This is, this is great stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm just eating this stuff up and you're hearing, you're getting scoops right here on Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Let's talk about it. And you talked about this earlier when you talked about governments having to do more with less, especially with COVID-19 now. And we're in a very strange time with this pandemic. How has the COVID-19 pandemic affected applied information? What was it like before and now during and how do you see it moving forward? Well, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, before, the, the, the sales process at Applied Information was having folks going to visit uh, the, 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 the cities, counties, and states that uh, made up um, you know, the, 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 the transportation infrastructure. Um, COVID then hit, and suddenly we stopped travel. But what we did is we invested in a broadcast studio uh, here, which is where we're broadcasting out of the IATL, mm -hmm. uh, which the costs weren't that significant compared with the costs of flying and driving around the country and staying in hotels and so forth. And what it allowed us to do is, in fact, reach more people. And the reason why people were much more ready to accept a, 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 a virtual kind of world versus a physical kind of world, and so it actually made our sales process much more efficient. Now and we could and we could bring the IATL to them. Yeah. So one of the hardest things is if you go up to a city's uh, room, they don't see all this equipment that's behind us. We've got this whole lab behind us with all of this equipment that. You know, someone can talk about, you know, I'm in, I'm in uh, Arizona and this is my traffic controller. Okay, well, come, let's go have a look at your traffic controller and let's go play with it. You're bringing this whole lab to them so that they end up feeling like, you know, they're getting something extra by coming to the IATL, which is huge. Yeah, one of the, we give a shout out for the state of Hawaii and the DOT there, very progressive. And so we won this job with some partners and we stood it up all, it all up here at the IATL and made sure it all worked and then went out to Hawaii, stood it all up and magically it, it all worked. And so that was an example of, of, of using the facility to deliver cost savings and increased efficiency for a state DOT who wanted to deploy some of this new technology. So your customers and clients, it's, it's been a positive response to the changes you've had to make. Absolutely. Um, I think that everybody's appreciating that in the first instance, we focused on keeping everybody safe. Uh, in the second instance, we focused on delivering great video content. And by great video content, it's, it's yes, we've got all the technical stuff, but that doesn't make any sense unless you've got a way of articulating that in, in the way that people understand. And some of it is in the sort of question and answer stuff, and some of it is in the, in the form of, uh, of videos and commercials and trying to explain this value proposition in, in terms that, uh, that, that, that the public might understand. And far more people are now looking at video. You know, yeah. uh, far more people are going to YouTube. Far more people are, you know, they don't read manuals anymore. We find out no one reads a manual. If you buy something new, what do you do? The first thing you do is you go on YouTube and you look for the installation <laughs> video. You don't read the manual because yeah. it's a lot easier. So we're doing everything we can to move everything across to video 
Because it's the, it's the way that people want to consume information these days. Yeah, the digital age is here, podcasting, video. Uh, you you want to be on YouTube, you, you want to get it out there. And speaking of videos, I mean, you guys are doing it the right way too. We see some companies doing it with their iPhone and you can't do that. You actually are investing some dollars and doing it right. I know you want to share some of the work that you've done video-wise. Yeah, so a big shout out to a company that we've been working with, which is uh, Carbon Films and they've been helping us get our message across in adverts, short films, and just making us, you know, look better. So, I mean, here's a, I'm gonna show a short little video on uh, one of the things that they did for our school zones. We ask enough of our educators. At Applied Information, we try to help. Like making school beacons easier to manage. Adjust beacon schedules from anywhere. Get customizable, smart alerts based on your criteria. Install is easy and the beacons configure themselves automatically. When it comes to managing your school beacons, Applied Information has you covered. Managing kids, we don't really have an answer for that. But school beacons, we can definitely do school beacons. And you can see something like that. It's just, you know, such a simple um, video, but it gets the message across in such a wonderful way that we would, we, we engineers, you know, we would engineer a solution, show this, 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 and, you know, screen, screen share where something like that makes all the difference. Now, so what's quite interesting about the school beacon business is that you wouldn't believe that how and this is the flashing beacons that go in school. And the reason why it's so important is you want to slow the traffic down when the kids and the buses are going in and out of the school for two reasons. You slow people down. The first instance, the number of accidents is decreased. And the accidents you do have, the severity is decreased. So to give you an example that at 20 miles an hour, there's a 90% probability of a pedestrian surviving an accident, collision with a car at 20 miles an hour. But at 40 miles an hour, there's only a 10% probability of a pedestrian surviving an accident or a crash with, with a motor vehicle. And so what that allows us to do is to articulate in simple terms for all the, uh, the folks who are running schools out there, they've all got so much to manage. Let's make it simple to, 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 to have the lights coming on and off at the right time. And the interesting thing is that DOTs have reported to us that up to 90% of the complaints they get from the public as a, as a city or county uh, DOT is from the school beacons going on at the wrong time. <laughs> Especially nine times of COVID when you say, what, time is this, what day did the school starting? And nobody knows. And, and up until now, you know, folks have had to go around and actually program these things one at a time by actually driving around. And now you can do it all. And school, in school uh, schedules are so complex right now. You know, uh, some of the schools were starting, some weren't starting. Right. So, the, you know, all of these agencies that have the applied information technology could just click a button, turn on the beacons and turn them off. You know, it was very, very easy to schedule them without having to physically travel out to these things. And everybody's working from home now, so they can right. do it straight from an iPad. I think if you're the DOT and the biggest complaint you're getting is that, our traffic is a little too slow now because the beacons are on, they're not supposed to be. <laughs> That's a good day. Yeah, but the, the funny thing is how often citizens then complain is if it's a public holiday and everybody knows that the schools aren't in and the beacons are on and the traffic's going slow, people close because, complain because that's a de decrease in efficiency. 
So, so you destroy the confidence in school beacons and train people to ignore them when you turn them on at the wrong time. That's why it's so critical to get it right. So Peter and Brian, you've got this beautiful, well-polished video that you put together. You've got these commercials out there. You've been doing a, a Coping with COVID uh, series, limited series that's on YouTube and everything. Peter, you've done a lot of webinars that I've been able to be a part of and so forth. You've got your podcast, Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan, that we're on right now. Three years ago, two and a half years ago, <laughs> did you ever imagine you'd be doing these types of things? Absolutely no. had no idea. And, and, and it's actually quite an interesting journey because as a technology guy, you think that the most important thing you've got to do is invent a new widget that works better than the previous widget. And so that was my mindset for many, many years. And in fact, uh, Mike, I've got to give you props there. I came on uh, a show with, a, with another guy and met you and, and, and got, your, uh, got a sense of how this helped get your message out. Uh, to people who need the information about what's going on about the technology, uh, but don't necessarily want to talk about all the nuts and bolts of which byte or which wire goes in which hole. And so that led me to travel safely, which is a way of you know, having guests who, who are interesting folks to talk to about their experiences and so forth. And that uh, you know, resulted not so much in, 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 in sales directly, but this whole credibility of explaining your message in simple terms that all kinds of influencers understand. Then we had COVID, uh, you know, COVID came along and obviously we were rocked back like everybody else was, but we figured out you know, comparatively early on that it, it, it fell to the private sector to keep everybody safe and re-energize the economy. We can't all just go and hide and well, what, how's, that, how's that going to work? And the idea with coping with COVID was then to bring folks on who had part of the story to tell of how we keep everybody safe uh, as well as re-energize the economy. And that's, and that's been great and, and it's been a really positive message. Also applied information turns data into information. I always have a little section on, uh, on turning some piece of data that we can consume into information about how we're going to achieve safety as well as uh, re-energizing the economy. And then this led to, to all, of us, all of this, which is our, our process of getting our message out across the nation. There are 10,000 cities, counties, and states that buy, operate, and maintain traffic equipment. They all need to know what the latest, uh, not the latest technology, that's a, you know, a technical conversation which we'll have with our distributors and, and the consultants and with them. But, but at the level of the mayors and the, the city council and the traffic engineer who such pressure to deliver better value, this, this has been huge. So instead of going on an airplane and be, being able to see one or two people in a day, right. we can now you know, see 150 people uh, in an hour. And we, when we're doing the one-on-ones, we can see six to eight people uh, in a day and get the message out. And that's been hugely successful for us. And it provides training as well. So we've yeah. been providing a lot of training out of here, training our end customers on how to do school zones, how to do emergency vehicles. And then also we've been doing a whole bunch of shows where we're bringing in you know, the DOT director of Hawaii or the city engineer of the Washington County. And our customers and all of the people watching our show can actually learn from their experiences directly 
which is exactly what we want. We want to you know, provide all this information. A lot of people aren't able to see anyone. A lot of cities have totally shut down and not allowed anyone into the city, you know, any external person into the city. So this is the way of them actually learning new things. And what we tried to do is bring new content to them. And that was the exciting part behind the series. Well, you're showcasing your products, you're educating, you're training, uh, and I want to commend both of you, Peter and Brian, for for seeing the vision and, and you know starting a podcast two and a half years ago, and then adding the video element and everything in the last years. That you because a lot of folks sometimes are stubborn. It's change is hard for a lot of people, mm -hmm. but you guys are kind of in the innovative industry anyway, and you've positioned yourself as a leader within this transportation and technology industry because you're doing it out there with the the videos and the audios and the podcasts and so forth. So I commend both of you for seeing the vision and moving forward with it. So uh, with that said, for those people that would like to reach out to you, the government officials, the county, the city officials, the, uh, uh, you know, the car manufacturers that, that want to know more about this technology, they want to reach out to applied information, they want to know more about the Travel Safely app, what's the best way for them to find all this? Contact us via our email address. You can get me at pashley at appinfoinc.com. That's A-P-P-I-N-F-O-I-N-C.com uh, or sales at appinfoinc.com and that way you can get hold of us and, and get in contact. You know, and I'd love to make the point that uh, how, the, how we're going to change the world is through collaboration. You can call us, you're not going to get a sales pitch because what you're going to do is get, this is what we do, this is how we're changing the world. If you want to join us, we'd love you to buy uh, the things that we make, but if you don't, we're actually not offended. You might be not ready. You've got other priorities. That's not a problem for us. We, what we in is the pain-solving business. So the business of understanding your pain, and if we can't offer a solution for that, we'll tell you. We're not going to try and sell you something you don't need. And that applies to potential customers, to consultants who want to be able to offer a better solution to their, their customers in turn, we'll educate you. We don't need you to make any commitment to us. Uh, and, and the same applies, interestingly enough, to our competitors. Everybody can use this space. There's no charge. This is a collection of friends wanting to deliver a better future. Because you really are saving lives, and you now have the proof is in the pudding. You have been saving lives. Yep. You brought up the example earlier of the fire engines that have not had an accident now in over two years. Uh, I don't know if you even mentioned, I think there's, they've, they've shaved a couple seconds off their response time. That is saving lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we so, go, great, great. If, if, if people want to say, yeah, okay, Brian, but how do you know that? Well, it will forward you the studies that, by independent yeah. folks who show how much time you can save by saving a minute off response times and things like that. So we, we, we're very happy to share information. Peter Ashley, Brian Mulligan, Applied Information, and thank you for letting me turn the tables on you, Brian. It's been a lot of fun. Loved it. Loved it. Thanks very much. Thank you, Peter. Thank Thanks, you, Brian. Man. And I want to remind our uh, listeners out there and our viewers as well that uh, Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan, you can listen live every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time on Business Radio X. Just go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, click on Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. This show is also available on all the podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Just uh, search for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Be sure to subscribe to the show as well because this technology, if, if you're 
And I don't, like I said, I'm not a technology nerd or a geek, but I love it. And we're saving lives and we're doing good work. So for everybody out there, again, thank you for listening to Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. For Peter, for Brian, I'm Mike Salmon, and we'll see you next time here on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.